Hey guys, this is Mrs. Fetter, and I'm going to be reading you Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief, the second half of chapter 15, A God Buys Us Cheeseburgers. That's old gossip, Percy, Annabeth told me. 3,000-year-old gossip. What about Aphrodite's husband? Well, you know, she said. Hephaestus, the blacksmith? He was crippled when he was a baby, thrown off Mount Olympus by Zeus, so he isn't exactly handsome. Clever with his hands and all, but Aphrodite isn't into brains and talent, you know. She likes bikers. Whatever. Hephaestus knows. Oh, sure, Annabeth said. He caught them together once. I mean, literally caught them in a golden net and invited all the gods to come and laugh at them. Hephaestus is always trying to embarrass them. That's why they meet in out-of-the-way places, like... She stopped, looking straight ahead. Like that? In front of us was an old, empty pool. That would have been awesome for skateboarding. It was at least 50 yards across and shaped like a bowl. Around the rim, a dozen bronze statues of Cupid stood guard with wings spread and bows ready to fire. On the opposite side from us, a tunnel opened up, probably where the water flowed into when the pool was full. The sign above it read, Thrill ride, O oh love, this is not your parents' tunnel of love. Grover crept toward the edge. Guys, look! Marooned at the bottom of the pool was a pink and white two-seater boat with a canopy over the top and little hearts painted all over it. In the left seat, glinting in the fading light, was Ares' shield, a polished circle of bronze. That's too easy, I said. So we just walk down there and get it? Annabeth ran her fingers along the base of the nearest Cupid statue. There's a Greek letter carved over here, she said. Etta, I wonder, Grover, I said. You smell any monsters? He sniffed the wind. Nothing. Nothing like in the arch and you didn't smell a kid there, nothing? Or really nothing? Grover looked hurt. I told you that was underground. Okay, I'm sorry. I took a deep breath. I'm going down there. I'll go with you. Grover didn't sound too enthusiastic, but I got the feeling he was trying to make up for what had happened in St. Louis. No, I told him. I want you to stay up top with the flying shoes. You're the red bearing. You're the red baron, a flying ace, remember? I'll be counting on you for backup in case something goes wrong. Grover puffed up his chest a little. Sure, but what could go wrong? I don't know, just a feeling. Annabeth, come with me. Are you kidding? She looked at me as if I had just dropped from the moon. Her cheeks were bright red. What's the problem now, I demanded. Me? Go with you? The, the thrill ride of love? How embarrassing is that? What if somebody saw me? Who's going to see you? But my face was burning now, too. Leave it to a girl to make everything complicated. Fine, I told her. I'll do it myself. But when I started down the side of the pool, she followed me, muttering about how boys always mess things up. We reached the boat. The shield was propped on one seat, and next to it was a lady silk scarf. I tried to imagine Ares and Aphrodite here, a couple of gods meeting in the junked-out amusement park ride. Why? 
And then I noticed something I hadn't seen from the top, from up top. Mirrors all the way around the rim of the pool facing this spot. We could see ourselves no matter what direction we looked. That must be it. While Ares and Aphrodite were smooching with each other, they couldn't look at their favorite people themselves. I picked up the scarf. It shimmered pink and the perfume was indescribable. Rose, a mountain or mountain laurel, something good. I smiled, a little dreamy, and I was about to rub the scarf against my cheek when Annabeth ripped it out of my hand and stuffed it into her pocket. Oh, no, you don't. Stay away from that love magic. What? Just get the shield, seaweed brain, and let's get out of here. The moment I touched the shield, I knew we were in trouble. My hand broke through something that had been connected to it in the dashboard. A cobweb, I thought, but then I looked at a strand of it on my palm, and I saw it was some kind of metal filament, so fine it was almost invisible. A tripwire. Wait, Annabeth said, too late. There's another Greek letter on the side of the boat. Another Etna. Another Etta. This is a trap. Noise erupted all around us. Of a million gears grinding as if the whole pool were turning into a giant machine. Grover yelled, Guys! Up on the rim. The Cupid statues were drawing their bows into firing position. Before I could suggest taking cover, they shot, but not at us. They fired at each other across the rim of the pool. Silky cables trailed from the arrows, arching over the pool and anchoring where they landed to form a huge golden asterisk. Then smaller metallic threads started weaving together magically between the main strands, making a net. We have to get out, I said. Duh, Annabeth said. I grabbed the shield and we ran, but going up the slope of the pool was not as easy as going down. Come on, Grover shouted. He was trying to hold open the section of the net for us, but whenever he touched it, the golden threads started to wrap around his hands. The Cupid's heads popped open. Out came video cameras. Spotlights rose up all around the pool, blinding us with illumination. And the loud spe speaker voice boomed, "Live to Olympus and or live to Olympus in one minute, fifty nine seconds, fifty eight, the fastest." Annabeth screamed, "I'm so stupid." Etta is H. He made this trap to catch his wife with Aries. Now we're going to be broadcast live to Olympus and look like absolute fools. We'd almost made it to the rim when the row of mirrors opened up like hatches and thousands of tiny metallic things poured out. Poured out. Annabeth screamed. It was an army of wind-up creepy crawlies, bronze-geared bodies, spindly legs, little pin pincher mouths, all scuttling toward us in a wave of clacking and wearing metal. Spiders, Annabeth said. Sp I'd never seen her like this before. She fell backward in terror and almost got overwhelmed by the spider robots before I pulled her and dragged her back toward the boat. The things were coming out from all around the rim. Now, millions of them flooding toward the center of the pool, completely surrounding us. I told myself they probably weren't programmed to kill, just corral us and bite us and make us look stupid. Then again, this was a trap meant for gods and we weren't gods. Annabeth and I climbed into the boat. I started kicking away the spiders as they swarmed abroad. 
I yelled at Annabeth to help me, but she was too paralyzed to do much more than scream. 30, 29, called the loudspeaker. The spiders were starting, were, the spiders started spitting out strands of metal thread, trying to tie us down. The strands were easy enough to break at first, but then there were so many of them and the spiders just kept coming. I kicked one away from Annabeth's leg and the pinchers took a chunk out of my new surf shoe. Grover hovered above the pool in his, in his flying sneakers, trying to pull the net loose, but it wouldn't budge. Think, I told myself, think. The tunnel of love entrance was under a net. We could use it as an exit, except that it was blocked by a million robot spiders. 15, 14, the loudspeaker called. Water, I thought. Where does the ride's water come from? And then I saw, then I saw them. Huge water pipes behind the mirrors where the spiders had come from. And up above the net, next to one of Cupid's, a glass windowed booth that must have been the controller station. Grover, I yelled. Get into that booth. Find the on switch. But do it. It was a crazy hope, but it was our only chance. The spiders were all over the boat now. Annabeth was screaming her head off. I had to get us out of there. Grover was in the controller's booth now, slamming away at the buttons. Five, four, Grover looked up at me hopelessly, raising his hands. He was letting me know that he'd pushed every button, but still nothing was happening. I closed my eyes and I thought about waves rushing, rushing water, the Mississippi River. I felt a familiar tug in my gut. I tried to imagine that I was dragging the ocean all the way to Denver. Two, one, zero. Water exploded out of the pipes. It roared into the pool, sweeping away the spiders. I pulled Annabeth into the seat next to me, and I fastened her seatbelt just as the tidal wave slammed into our boat, over the top, whisking the spiders away and dousing us completely, but not capsizing us. The boat turned, lifted in the flood, and spun in circles around the whirlpool. The water was full of a short, of short-circuiting spiders, some of them smashing against the pool's concrete wall with such force they burst. Spotlights glanced down at us. The Cupid cams were rolling live to Olympus, but I could only concentrate on controlling the boat. I willed it to ride the current to keep away from the wall. Maybe it was my imagination, but the boat seemed to respond. At least it didn't break into a million pieces. We spun around one last time, the water level now almost high enough to shred against the metal net. Then the boat's nose turned toward the tunnel and we rocketed through the darkness. Annabeth and I held on tight, both of us screaming as the, as the boat shot curls and hugged corners and took 45 degree plunges past Romeo and Julia and a bunch of other Valentine's Day stuff. Then we were out of the tunnel, the night air whistling through our hair as the boat barreled straight toward the exit. If the ride had been working in working order, we would have sailed off a ramp between the golden gates of love and splashed down safely in the exit pool. But there was a problem. The gates of love were chained. Two boats that had been washed out of the tunnel before us were now piled against the barricade. 
One submerged and the other cracked in half. Unfasten your seatbelt, I yelled to Annabeth. Are you crazy? Unless you want to get smashed to death. I strapped Aerie's shield to my arm. We're going to have to jump for it. My idea was simple and insane. As the boat struck, as we use its force like a springboard to jump to the gate, I heard people, I've heard of people surviving car crashes that way. Get thrown 30 or 40 feet away from the accident. With luck, we would land in the pool. Annabeth seemed to understand. She gripped my hand as the gates got closer. On my mark, I said. No, on my mark. What? Simple physics, she yelled. Force times the trajectory angle. Fine, I shouted. On your mark. She hesitated, hesitated, and then yelled. Now! Crack! Annabeth was right. If we jumped when I thought we should have, we would have crashed into the gates. She got us maximum lift. Unfortunately, that was a little more than we needed. Our boat smashed into the pileup and we were thrown into the air, straight over the gates, over the pool, and down towards solid asphalt. Something grabbed me from behind and Annabeth yelled, Ouch! Grover? In midair, he had grabbed me by the shirt and Annabeth by the arm and was trying to pull us out of the crash landing. But Annabeth and I had all the momentum. You're too heavy, Grover said. We're going down. We spiraled toward the ground, Grover doing his best to slow the fall. We smashed into a photo board, Grover's head going straight into the hole where tourists would put their faces, pretending to, to be no-no the friendly whale. Annabeth and I tumbled to the ground, banged up but alive. Aerie's shield was still on my arm. Once we caught our breath, Annabeth and I got Grover out of the photo board and thanked him for saving our lives. I looked back at the thrill ride of love. The water was subsiding. Our boat had been smashed to pieces against the gates. A hundred yards away, the entrance pool, the cupids were still filming. The statues, had, the statues had swiveled, so their cameras were trained straight on us. The spotlights in our faces. Show's over, I yelled. Thank you. Good night. The cupids turned back to their original positions. The lights shut off. The park went quiet and dark again, except for the gentle trickle of water into the thrill ride of love's exit pool. I wondered if Olympus had gone to the commercial break or if our ratings had been any good. I hated being teased. I hated being tricked. And I had plenty of experience handling bullies who liked to do that stuff to me. I hefted the shield on my arm and I turned to my friends. We need to have a little talk with Aries.